Welcome to Hello Church. We're excited about this new episode. We're continuing our season two topic, the sermon. And this is our third installment. Justin, we're going to be talking about storytelling. I, I kind of jumped ahead. I'm Wade Bearden, for those who don't know me. And I'm Justin Trapham. Today we're going to be talking about, you're right, seven types of stories that pastors can share in their sermon. But also, I'm going to be sharing some storytelling fails, or like what not to do when yeah. sharing a story. It, it's it's really interesting topic because uh, telling people to tell stories better can oftentimes be like, you tell people to be funny. It just, yeah. if you try yeah. too hard, it doesn't work. But if you utilize some of the story structures we're gonna tell you about, uh, maybe steer clear of the story fails, you'll find yourself becoming a better storyteller. And we're not just talking about sharing like personal stories, but also looking at the stories of the Bible and sharing them. They're written so well, these stories in the Bible, there's a reason why we, we share them over and over again. And if we're not careful though, uh, we can kind of get in the way of that. So we're going to be talking about storytelling. This episode is sponsored by Sermonary. Sermonary 2.0, Justin, Two. is coming out yep. here soon. Depending on when you listen to this, uh, it might already be out. It's coming out February 22nd, 2022. Make sure to check that out. I personally believe, Justin, that Sermonary will help you become a better storyteller. And I've gotten multiple emails this week from people who use Sermonary, and they've talked about just how much it saved them time, helped them become a better communicator. It's really wonderful. Sermonary is an online cloud-based word processor designed for pastors. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, we won't go on and on about it, but if you haven't checked it out, you need to do that today. It really is incredible. Yeah, so check out Sermonary 2.0. It comes out 222. 22 <laughs> on a tuesday on a tuesday Man, so all the twos at if, once if it's past that if, if it's past february 22nd and you're listening to this so, you don't so, have to wait somebody's probably watching this video in like 2024 <laughs> hello uh from the past get ready for sermonary 3.0 that's coming yeah. your way it's probably it available so we all want to tell good stories justin that's kind of the topic of our episode as we're thinking through during this season, how to write, how to put together a strong sermon. We wanna look at scripture and we wanna tell those stories with, with power. When we share stories about testimonies in our own life, in the lives of others, we wanna tell those stories well. We want to use them as good illustrations. We wanna find stories from the world to help illustrate God's word, help people to understand God's word. But sometimes that's not easy. There are some pastors who are like, oh, I'm, I'm a great storyteller. And then others are like, man, I could do research all day long, but it's just hard to tell stories. And then there's some pastors that think they're great storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, man, that was a great story. Uh, I, I feel like in my personal life, I've had to really work hard at stories. And one of the things that's helped me the most is a becoming kind of becoming a film critic and studying stories in movies and the structure of stories it's really helped me so in a little while you're going to actually kind of go a little more in depth on the seven di seven different types of story structures or mm -hmm. types of stories that might be helpful uh but we i just want to enter just i guess introduce the audience to the power of stories by giving just I don't know. Just thoughts on stories. Why are stories important? Well, I mean, stories allow you to walk through a passage in a cinematic way, 
right? You think about the Garden of Gethsemane. You think about the parting of the Red Sea. You think about the Good Samaritan. Jesus told stories, right? I think it was Brady Shearer I heard say one time that 35% of Jesus' words in the New Testament were spent telling stories. Jesus understood the power of a cinematic narrative to an audience, trying to teach them a concept, trying to teach them a lesson, and he would use stories to do that. The you know the woman with the the two coins, the 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 prodigal son, like Jesus, all of his stories in the parables were just so amazing and and really hit at home the point that he was trying to make. And I think that's really mm-hmm. the why behind why pastors should use stories is because they allow us to make something come alive in a way like have you ever been weighed in a sermon where the pastor is preaching on a particular message or there's a particular part of the story mm-hmm. and you've read the passage and you're familiar with the story but then you hear them preach through it and and they sh- they it just comes alive in a different way i remember where i was when someone preached on the prodigal son but it wasn't like about the younger son coming home it was really about the attitude mm-hmm. and and how far the older son was mm. in his relationship with the father. And I remember sitting there that day going, man, I've grown up in church and I've never heard this perspective before. And it mm. really, really helped and challenged me. Yeah. Well, it it's interesting. You mentioned uh, the story of the Red Sea and the parting of the Red Sea. There, there's kind of like a, if you read the story, it's like, man, that's amazing. Like, that's a great yeah. story. But when we're retelling it, if we're not careful, we can make it anticlimactic. And right. so being a good storyteller means digging deep into that story and helping it come alive. These people who were who were cornered, uh, the army that had enslaved them for centuries was very angry. Uh, the Pharaoh himself was leading those soldiers into battle. And here you are, backs against the, uh, the Red Sea, not just an army standing there waiting to fight Pharaoh, but children, women who are going to be slaughtered when he gets there. And then just to think through the impossible happens. If you find a way to tell those stories well, uh, it can just open up so much uh, to the world, the, the world of the listeners. Well, um, Hollywood, is they're masterful storytellers, right? And I remember sitting in, the, I mean, we've had Christian iterations, uh, you know, or, you know, Jesus films, so to speak, right? Yeah. I've seen many Jesus films. But I remember when, when Mel Gibson directed and produced The Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. That was different. Yeah. I remember where I was. I remember the, the theater sat in silence after the movie was over, and they were just mm-hmm. like sort of quiet, whimpering and, and crying mm-hmm. because it was it was done in such a, a just a powerful way mm-hmm. that we had read that story. We had read those passages in the New Testament, and then to see it come alive on a screen in a way that just was so eloquent and so efficient, mm-hmm. it, it really moved everybody. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Passion of the Christ since then. I don't want to ruin yeah. that experience, right, that first time. So, Well, it's, it's crazy because there was a lot of controversy surrounding the film, and then uh, now Mel Gibson's life, or in the past few years, Mel Gibson's life, and then a lot of people were really pushing it to be like this evangelistic. Sure. So, so there was just kind of a lot happening. I watched it for the first time again a couple years ago and it it's a re, it's a really good movie just mm-hmm. cinematically emotionally it's that opening very scene good yeah and even someone like roger ebert mm-hmm. uh he gave it pretty high high marks and he he didn't profess uh, christianity so to be able to uh make a movie in a story like that is really wonderful so uh thinking through to story uh the idea of who's the hero that kind of 
That's that's really interesting too. Uh, speak speak a little bit about that. Like, how do you tell a story? Who's the hero? Who's the main character? How do you harness that to to tell a good story and to help your people? Well, we're human beings, right? And we we think about ourselves. We think about ourselves more than we think about others. <laughs> and so, if you're you're a pastor and you're always sharing stories about your life and making yourself the hero, look at me. I served with a pastor, and his his thought, his philosophy was, look at me as I follow Jesus, and mm-hmm. be like me, so you can be more like Jesus. And it was it was well intended, you know, well intended, but it, it it just over time, I felt like it really there was a disconnect, right? And 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 those stories, the audience wants to be the hero; they want to be able to see themselves inside that story. Right, we're all sort of narcissistic in our own way, right? Mm-hmm. See themselves in that story, and 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 not just look to you, pastor, as the person who's closest to God and always gets it right, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, th- which kind of leads us into some like storytelling fails, or or when you're using stories, try to avoid this, right? Try to, I would say this, this is kind of a, especially today. We're recording this on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. so this is really appropriate yes yeah, is very appropriate but don't don't tell a story or share stories about your wife without asking permission like, yeah or, or or even your kids yeah. because like if your your kids are there their friends are there and that can Man. be really embarrassing don't spoil christmas <laughs> weren't you in the service and the yeah. guy spoiled christmas so, santa claus so uh if you have kids listening to this just go ahead and pause yeah. it or or whatever but i was in a church service and my pastor, uh, it was a special church service, and it was one of those where uh, it was Christmas time and all the kids were in service. So this is usually not the case, because on Sunday morning, kids are usually in children's church. But they were doing skits and different things like that. So the pastor is preaching Sunday morning, the kids are all there, and he, no lie. And I've, I, I've joked, we've joked about this with him for years. He gets up on stage and he goes, <laughs> I remember when I found out Santa wasn't real. Yeah. And all the, their kids they were just like, Dad, what, what, what? Papa. Like, what, a, what? <laughs> what a way to start a story or a sermon. And, you know, this, the illustration was good. He just didn't. We'll get into that later. Like, you got to understand your audience, yeah. right? Um, but, yeah, just just understand who your audience is uh ask your wife ask your children for permission because something you say could be kind of embarrassing for them and you don't want to make it weird yeah practice the punchline or the climax of the story i actually made this mistake yesterday i was doing a generosity moment at our church and i was telling a story about a librarian who passed away and died and donated his entire state to a university four million dollars I was be- I was asking the question like how does a librarian get four million dollars and so I started going through this and my punchline was that he was an assassin but I tried to make one of the points that he was a crypto investor like a punchline and it fell flat I, I just waited I too long oh you laughed okay, I was well, I, that's right. sadly I think I was the only one that I heard yeah, laughing man. but I thought it was really yeah. funny so but but I mean I, I sat there I was like mid-diagnosis right in the middle of my talk i'm going why did you try to make that a punchline that wasn't the punchline the assassin was the punchline and i did get to the assassin part and everyone seemed to laugh at that yeah Uh, but practice the climax of your story or the punchline or else it could just fall flat to be honest with you yeah Uh, you know again don't make the story about yourself so much there are stories that we tell about ourselves that we share Mm. our faults the things uh, you know 
we, we you have inspirational stories, no doubt, that, that God has uh, helped you overcome certain things, or maybe you experienced a miracle. That's okay to share. Just don't share. Don't make yourself the hero every single story or every single sermon. Yeah, and and also, don't turn yourself. So there's this propensity for all of us to see ourselves as the main character in life, and and God is is the person who uh, helps us succeed. But we're the main characters, and and that's simply not the case. And if we're not careful, we can take. The, the heroes in the Bible, we learn about heroes in the Bible, Hebrews 11, we can take them and basically say like, that's us, or that can be us. So the main, the main uh, aggressor, right, is always David and Goliath. So it's mm-hmm. like, you are David. Um, but it's important that we look at that and understand who does David represent? Uh, who is the better David? Well, you find out that the true hero is uh, Jesus. He, David is this archetype. He's this reflection, and he doesn't get us there. He's an imperfect individual, but it says something about God working in the world. God is the hero in that moment, and Jesus is the better David. So be careful uh, who you choose to be the hero, and even when you tell a story about yourself making a really good decision, uh, I think we can all kind of concede that the Holy Spirit is helping us make that decision. And so make sure you emphasize that. Make sure you say, hey, in my fallen nature, it would have been easy to do this, but the Holy Spirit empowered me. He is the hero in this story to help me to make this right decision. And you might feel like you can't do it, I can't do it either, but the Holy Spirit who lives in me lives in you too. So I think there's a way to do that, to tell stories about even when you make good decisions, but make the hero God. Yep. Uh, I think that's really important. So let's dive right in to seven types of stories you can use in your sermon. Now, these seven types, you can actually Google, Google this, seven mm-hmm. types of ser- or stories. There's a lot of writing on this, a lot of publication on this, but one of the more uh, well-sourced uh, guys that has a lot of content on this is a guy named Christopher Booker. He released a book in the early 2000s. That I think he said he spent like 35 years writing the book. It's like 700 pages. So I don't know that it's a fun read, everyone. <laughs> but he did goes. I he, hope a lot of people bought it, though. Right. I, I, you know, if you want to go deeper on this topic, you can read his 700 and something page book. We'll give you the cliff notes in the next five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, one uh, one seven for each. There's seven, so that's times thirty five. So that's five. So we'll break that down. Yeah, uh, really so easily. L- let's dive right in. So seven types of stories that you can use in your sermon. First type is a is a comedy story. Yeah, right. You can use comedy. Uh, you know, there are. I have a biblical uh, example for every one of these. The story of uh, the talking donkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With Balaam. With Balaam, yeah. That that could be really funny. We're trying really hard to to, to not make extra jokes than needed yes, on that one. Yes, really trying. The youth pastor's in us. Uh, because we've all read the King James Version of that story, I have like a sticky we? note. To myself. I have a sticky <laughs> note right here that says, don't use up. <laughs> you know, another story that I thought could be funny is the story of the multitude of fish where the, the disciples have been fishing all night, and then Jesus tells them to throw the nets on the other side. I always thought that was kind of like a funny, oh, sarcastic yeah. remark, like, yeah, yeah, throw your nets on the other side, and they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, and out of like sheer exha- exha- exhaustion or uh, they're delirious, 
the disciples just are like, all right, let's throw it over on the other side. And it's just like, you know, they, they catch all the fish. Mm-hmm. I always thought that story could have been really funny in real life. Oh, yeah. Surprising. It, well, they probably laughed about it afterwards. Yes. It was probably. After yes, they yeah. almost sank the boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another story that we see uh, in life, we see in the scripture is the underdog story. Yeah. And so uh, that's, that's really why. Uh, that's one of the stories we love the most. I'll, I'll say this, okay? I'm not going to talk too much about the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Man, but, but I'm I wearing my Georgia coming. Bulldog shirt. Uh, they're national champions, um, and I was there. But <laughs> their quarterback is going to make it in every episode. Yeah, every episode. Season. Their quarterback Stetson Bennett was a, was a walk on. Uh, he didn't get a scholarship offer from any big schools, but he came. He was on the practice squad his first year when Georgia went to the national championship and lost in 2017. Mm. So wasn't even on the uh, the the squad that suits up and goes on the field. He was a practice squad. He leaves and goes to a junior college. Then he comes back. He doesn't play that next year. He's uh, like third or fourth on the depth chart in 2020. He plays a little bit, um, doesn't do great, and then he's benched. And then this year he starts at, I, I forget, it was like two or three. Uh, the starter... JT Daniels, he eventually gets hurt. Bennett comes in, this walk-on, and leads them to a national championship. Man. And a lot of people love that story. I mean, so... It, Feel the anointing. Yeah, I, I, we're just, yeah. Uh, a lot of people, why? Because we love the underdog story. So if you're thinking through uh, stories... Because why? Because we see ourselves, Because right? we see ourselves. In every story. Because we're like, I, I'm I didn't get any scholarship offers yeah. for football. I could do it too. I'm a normal person. <laughs> that means it could happen to me. Um... But, and there's something to say about, you know, Jesus in his humble birth, but that's one type of story. So as you're thinking through different stories for, um, for sermons and thinking through how to tell stories, one of the types is, is the underdog story. And you might be able to use that in a sermon, you know, coming up, who knows? Yeah. You could use Stetson Bennett as an illustration. There, is, there you go. There it is. <laughs> Except if you live in Alabama, then probably not. I imagine that illustration is going to show up in seminary under our illustrations yeah. library soon. <laughs> Uh, another type of story you can use is the quest, right? Yeah. The, the the hero or the figure goes on a journey, and a lot of times they have someone accompanying them, like a coach. You could say the children of Israel, as they wandered in the wilderness on that journey with Moses and Joshua. That could be an example of a quest. Lord of the Rings is a quest story. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of children's animated films that are quest stories mm-hmm. they go on this adventure they yep. have to get home where they have to bring or deliver something to another place um, but that also could show a, a quest in your life maybe a metaphorical or philosophical mm-hmm. quest where you made this journey in your life to christ or to a certain realization and you can see that kind of in society the journeys that people make and that might be something that you could include as you're telling certain stories and obviously i think it goes without saying that when we talk about telling personal stories, uh, we're saying tell it to illustrate the text. Like the scripture should be where we're headed. And so these stories can support that. But as you're telling maybe the children of Israel, you could think through not just the physical journey that mm-hmm. they're taking, but what they're taking, uh, what's taking place spiritually in their lives. So that might be able to help you tell those types of stories a little bit better. Another one that's related to that, but but it is a different type of story, is the journey slash return, so a return story. Mm-hmm. Batman return? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, but uh, the prodigal son is a perfect example mm-hmm. of this, right? This type of story where he, he goes away and he comes back and he sort of 
experiences hardships and then finds redemption you know in the movies you know you could have the uh, return of the king maybe with that fall that's another lord of the rings reference i'm trying to think of another return that would be mm-hmm. like a great well-known film that everyone knows yeah like a there and back again something like uh, that iron man in the original iron man kind of experiences that where he sort of uh goes in the cave right he, he he's building he's working and then he comes back and then comes back to the yeah uh, what is that city there metropolis no that's a super no, no, that's no, a that's small. Super, he, co- he comes back to like his yeah la his yeah. malibu house but he's like he's like a new man he's like experienced like hardships mm-hmm, right and mm-hmm. he's yeah back ready to roll um let's see here another one is tragedy mm-hmm. man tragedy a lot of stories that have tragedy lazarus mm-hmm. man what a great example um and, and it's interesting to do with lazarus that when you think about the traditional comedy storytelling world, uh, you know, tragedy is one of those stories, just historically, that ends on a sad note. Mm-hmm. You think of like Shakespeare, you think of like mm-hmm. Macbeth or something like Romeo that. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, Lazarus doesn't actually end in tragedy. And so as Christians, when we tell some of these stories, we know like what's going to happen, even for those of us who've maybe lost a loved one or something like that. But when you're when you're telling a story in tragedy, I think it's really easy for us to always put like this cherry on top or to be like, oh, yeah. that was really bad, but you know this. I think it's fine and it's good and it's needed to just simply dwell in this tragedy. Mm-hmm. The tragedy isn't ultimate, and we can say that. We can say God has promised us this future hope, but there's no denying that like this was really terrible. I think that'll appeal to certain people who are going through something or just like, you know, Jesus sits with us in our grief, uh, like we see in Lazarus. And uh, some of those stories help us do that too. Another type of story is a rags to riches story, right? We all love a good rags to riches story or a mm-hmm. good thrift shop, one of the two. And <laughs> uh, Joseph, right? Joseph could be a good example of a rags to riches story. I know in Hollywood and movies, a lot of times a rags to riches story is a person gains the whole world and then they they lose it, and then a lesson is learned. Like yeah. like one of the greatest movies of all time, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, he gains the whole world, right? Hmm. It's never enough, and then hmm. Hmm. Fi- fire sets to the circus <laughs> and he has to rebuild and start over. <laughs> but he learned that he the could greatest write greatest movie of all time. Yeah, he learned he could wow. ride an elephant in the middle of the street, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a normal thing. Yeah, he's yeah. In the end of the movie, he's like, I got to get somewhere fast, so yeah. I'll just ride an elephant. Ride there. an elephant. That's man. I bet that really happened. That was too. like right after he practiced his Tom Cruise run. I mean, have you noticed that Hugh Jackman looks exactly like Tom Cruise when he runs? It's I haven't like, noticed that. It's like straight ninety yeah, degree yeah, yeah, angle yeah, on the yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. I'm gonna see while singing at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and it, and the claws are out of his his hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last type of story. This is the seventh type. Is a rebirth story, mm. and I mean, we see this in the old te- or the New Testament. Excuse me. Perhaps one of the greatest rebirth stories, uh, not involving Jesus, mm-hmm. right, was story of Paul, mm-hmm. Saul, and and this is this is usually uh, this is not just like death and resurrection per se, though that is the case in some of these uh, stories that have resurrection themes, but just the awakening of a person, a person who has uh, this spiritual awakening, uh, this change of heart. So so I think maybe. Iron Man, the first Iron Man, might fit here actually yeah. a little yeah. bit, a little I bit better. Right. Um, and you'll notice in a lot of movies uh, they actually have a death and resurrection theme. 
like they have a character dying and coming back mm -hmm. to emphasize that they're visually talking about resurrection inwardly by by doing it outwardly or uh in infinity wars they kill everyone everyone has a death <laughs> well half the people right and then they and they come back so uh thinking through that and and some of these stories like this one in particular you can share your testimony of death to life but also finding people in your congregation and mm -hmm. sharing their salvation stories their Damascus Road experiences, uh, which I think would be really powerful. Uh, so, you know, our last episode, we talked about sermon outlines. We talked about story today. We're going to be kind of working through some of these big, important questions surrounding the sermon in season two. Next week, we're going to be talking about, uh, in our next episode, the audience, how to think about the audience when you're writing a message. And I think that's going to be super helpful for, for our people. Yeah, so again, just a recap, your stories aren't just something that you use in a sermon illustration. Like lean into a powerful, compelling, uh, humorous story, tra mm -hmm. tra tragic story, right? So that the gospel can come alive even more. They can sort of get it. It's like a new angle. It's a new perspective. They, they feel something like a new emotion. Mm -hmm. And we use stories. We harness stories. If Jesus harnessed the third of his words in the New Testament to, to teach us powerful truths about, about him and our relationship with him and our Heavenly Father, then I think we as pastors should do that as well. So it's hard to... It's hard to compete with Jesus. He was probably the greatest storyteller mm -hmm. of all time, but um, and he also could turn water into wine, which none of us <laughs> is able to do yet. <laughs> I, and I would say this, one last thought, is a lot of times um, it, it, it can be easy to say, oh, I, I love preaching to you the stories of the Bible. But you get into Paul's work, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. I would encourage you to treat every passage of Scripture like a story because it is telling a story. So our church is going through 1 Corinthians right now, and there's a big story there. Paul planted the church... He's, he's been gone, and he's in Ephesus now caring for another church, and it seems like the people in Corinth are just out of control. And so if you can bring some of that background information to light, you're constantly telling a story through the words of Paul. You're helping to communicate what's going on. So I would encourage you to treat every passage of Scripture like a story, and then of course you have the main story of Scripture. Scripture as a whole tells one story of our fall and uh, the redemption of Jesus Christ. So that's seven types of stories you can share in your sermons. If you like this episode, click the like button, send us a review, or hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Turn on your notifications so that when we do publish a new episode, you get the bell, the, the text message, the pop-up, whatever the case may be. So you know, facts. Yeah, the facts, the truth. You get the truth. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate you guys. Hope you all have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next time on Hello Church.